Blog Talk Radio. and around the world, streaming live on the internet, it's Real Estate Coaching Radio, bringing you the latest news, interviews, and secrets of the top producers. Hosted by award-winning real estate coaches, Tim and Julie Harris. Good morning, good afternoon, and hello. Hope everyone is having a fantastic day. This is Tim and Julie Harris, and we're broadcasting live from lovely and partially sunny Austin, Texas. So this is, of course, your real estate coaching radio show, and the show is hosted by, by myself, Tim Harris, and my lovely wife, Julie Harris. And today we're also having a, a special uh, brief guest, Rochelle, from our office. And, of course, a lot of uh, long-term coaching students, long-time coaching students, you guys know Rochelle. She's our queen of everything in the office, basically. Uh, she has about 77 titles, uh, but her, her best title really is she is in charge of uh, student services. So she is in charge of anything that has to do with anything that has to do with a coaching client. So with that in mind, um, I'm very curious. Rochelle, you're on the line today, right? I am. Great. So I want you to share with the listeners today a story, something you've experienced with one of our students. We have thousands and thousands of realtors as coaching students. So share with our listeners something that you've recently experienced, um, maybe a testimonial or maybe just something that you think was, would merit repeating. And, you know, don't mention names if you don't have permission, but you always have good stories to share. And uh, what do you have for us today? Well, I actually received an email from a very happy student, so um, I'm going to go ahead and share with you because in her email she does say, please share with your students about my success that I had. Um, so her email goes like this. Uh, she said, I wanted to let you know that I put a Craigslist ad up on Saturday after listening to your ASD call, and I had two calls already, a listing appointment tomorrow morning and another buyer appointment. I have over five years and over 100 short sales under my, be- under my belt and have just moved into a new market state and for two months have been trying to figure out how to get going as my sp- sphere of influence is over a 1,000 miles away. I kept telling myself I wanted to steer clear of distressed homes as they can be emotional and draining for me, but it is what I do best. After I listened to your webinar, I knew what I had to do. I was energized by the Craigslist ad and bam, here I go. Please tell your students of my success, whether they're new agents or whether they're short sale agents, that this works and it will continue to work. Thanks again. Yeah, well, there you go. That's a great story. So, I mean, that's not so unusual, though. We have a lot. You know, Rochelle, there are a couple of things in that testimonial that kind of uh, I, I was thinking about as you were reading it. The biggest mm-hmm. one being this lady This lady moved markets, so she didn't know anyone in this new market, and she was able to get her business started again because of knowing how to work with distressed sellers. I thought that was kind of interesting. And the other thing is is that all it took was one little motivational idea to get her motivated to overcome her fear and take action, placing that Craigslist ad, which obviously resulted in actual uh, closed transactions. Do you find when you are helping students that that's usually really all it takes is a tiny little bit of uh, motivation? Uh, You have other experiences because you do calls like that constantly during the day, correct? Oh, absolutely. Um, I I mean, even I got another email from a student that had listened to the radio show, I believe, last week uh, when we were talking about converting buyers, and now she wants to schedule a free coaching call and needs some help, and she doesn't know how to present the uh, buyer agency contract. So, yeah, every day emails come in from everybody, whether it's uh, they need a script, they need help, they need motivation, and obviously – it's working because they they keep coming back and wanting more, more motivation. So, um, yeah, it's a good thing. So when I asked you this question last week, and I thought your answer was was really interesting. It was really telling. But so of the of the calls you've had, customer service, student services, a lot of you know obviously new people enrolled last month and new people are enrolling today. And, and uh, Tim and Julie Harris Real Estate Coaching. When you talk with these guys, what's the X factor? You can sense it. We've talked about it, you and I, for, you know, you've been with us for a long time. But you can sense that X factor. Do you think that X factor, that thing that tells you that this person is going to do exceptionally well, because that's something that people can develop, or is that something they either have or they don't? What do you honestly think? I honestly think, I mean, I, you know, it goes back to my 
first year with you 15 years ago when you used to say to me all the time, you either have it or you don't. You can't want it for them. I mean, I, there are students that I'll talk to that I feel like I want it for them, but if they don't have it for themselves or want it for themselves, there's nothing that you can do, and that's the hardest thing. So you, when you get a student on the phone that's ready, willing, and able, and they're taking notes and they're listening and they're actually following back up within 24 hours to tell me what they did, that's a student I know that is going to succeed and, and succeed very quickly. And that makes me, I mean, I have goosebumps. It, made, it makes me happy. I, I like hearing those kind of stories. So when you say you can't want it for someone, explain that, because good Lord, is that a true statement. You know, um, you, it, it, it all comes down back to motivation, but explain that. Well, you know, for instance, if somebody comes to you and they, they want a job, they want to be your buyer agent, and you give them everything that they could possibly need to be successful, books to read and scripts to use and, and the buyer box and the buyer book and everything that they could possibly need for to be, you know, very successful, they have all the tools in their toolbox, but they don't use them. You want to force them to, to use it, but you can't. So you, you can't want it for them. They have to want it for themselves. They have to take the tools that you're giving them and use them. And if they use them, success comes next. So, I mean, it's, so what it's, you're it's saying, not... What, so uh-huh. what you're saying is the, the X factor, that real motivation, the desire, what you sense in people. And, and all of our listeners, and, and last week we were blessed. We had, you know, what, 1,300 or 1,400 individual people listen our first week in the radio show. That's a pretty huge success. So I'm hoping that at least, I don't know, 1,300 or 1,400 of you, even if you don't feel like you have that X factor now, that special something that people sort of seem to be attracted to, you can create it. You can manifest it. And, and Rochelle just kind of touched on it, and it's so true. Even if you don't or never have been one of those people that are, you know, the, the, the light of the party, or if you've never been one of these people that, you know, radiates success or people are attracted, maybe you're just a wallflower, okay? Let's just say you're a wallflower, you're analytical, you just choose not to even be around people if you had a choice. You can still create that X factor within yourself by putting yourself in a position of really wanting it. Oh, my gosh, Tim, that seems like such a stupid statement. Well, let me explain. Let's say, for example, you're really into photography. Now, this is a really simple, basic way to have temporary motivation, but it's all these small little baby steps that really create a long-term change. So if you need to take small little baby steps, and once you hire us to be your coach, we're going to help you with this. But the idea is you take small little uh, baby steps, and your passion, let's say, is photography. Well, let's let's imagine that you hit Amazon, you go on Amazon, you fill up the cart with different things that you'd love to buy, 12 different things that you'd love to buy for your hobby. Okay, that's fantastic. Make a game of it so that every single month that you accomplish your specific goal, things that you wouldn't otherwise do, that you get to go ahead and buy that specific thing. Now, Let's say maybe you need more motivation. Let's say you have all the photography equipment that you want. So maybe your new motivation is trips to different places in America and maybe around the world where you would have always wanted to go to take pictures. You see, you can expand on this. You don't have to have, it goes back to what Julian always talked about, the idea of having passion. You have to have passion. In order, Rochelle, do you have passion for customer service calls? I have passion for anything I put my heart to, so yes. <laughs> okay, so, but but also, what motivates you is the money that comes from it, so you can spoil your daughter. Is that is there some truth Absolutely. to that? Absolutely, and myself. Yep. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> so it's not necessarily passion from doing the task; it's passion for what you get to do as a result of doing the task at a very high level, and that's what Rochelle does. Julie, I know you're on you're on the show today. Obviously, as Rochelle right. and I are having this nice exchange, what what came to your mind as far as coaching clients and experiences you've had since our last uh, call yesterday, or I'm sorry, well, last week. Yeah, well, it's funny. I have a returning client, someone who kind of took a little bit of a break from real estate and does a lot of other things. She's been doing deals in the background, but now she's ready to take it to the next level. And this particular client, she and her husband make independent films in L.A. So they've got a six-year-old, a nine-year-old, and they make independent films. It's not like they have nothing going on, right? So the cool thing is that to your guys' point, is I said to Christine, I said, you know, one of the things I really love about you guys is that you get it. They see, you know, which her email to me was, I want to come back. To, I'm one of your long-lost coaching clients. I want to come back. I'm ready to double my income, double my transactions, because I need to bring home the bacon to my family. 
okay? And she was very direct about it. She gets it. She has such passion. She loves to present. She said what she does in the film industry when she's negotiating with their producers is exactly like negotiating with her sellers in real estate. And so she had drawn all these parallels that it's not that she is particularly passionate about, say, negotiating or presenting. What she's passionate about is what it is able to create for her family and the lifestyle that they can have by, you know, having that income. And she gets so excited about it. And that's why I said, you know, I really appreciate her because she gets that. She's not one of these people that says, well, I don't know if I can do real estate because I just don't love it. I don't know if I can have passion for that. It's not the first thing that I, you know, ever wanted to do. And Christine and I talked about how worried um, we would be if when your kid is asked in kindergarten what they want to do when they grow up, they say, well, you know, I, I want to go list a FISBO. <laughs> like, who does that, right? I mean, it's okay if you don't have passion for every last thing in real estate. Have passion for what real estate provides you and your family not to mention what it provides to your clients by moving them forward with their real estate goals. This this might this is an evergreen topic for us where we talk about this sort of like, you know, you have to have passion thing. And you guys are going to hear us talk about that a lot. And I'll tell you why the biggest reason is it's because there's so many, you know, speakers, coaches, and whatnot who make very nice livings off just telling you that you have to find your passion and developing yeah. passion and all that. And we, we get the fallout of that bad information when we talk with a lot of you where you're frustrated with your businesses. The, oh, the other one, by the way, well, this isn't the topic of today's show, guys. The topic of today's show, um, Julie, do you have it in front of you? I do indeed. Okay, the, okay, the topic of today's show is what the 1% of realtors know that the other 99% don't. In other words, there's a definite market change that's happened where essentially 1% of the agents are making a bulk of all the commissions. And we're going to be talking about on today's show the specific reasons why that's true. So back to our little conversation here, and hopefully this is, uh, this is I think, hopefully impacting at least some of you to realize that you're on the right path even if you don't necessarily have all these trendy words like passion going in your favor. You know, again, I think we talked about that. We're going to talk about it frequently because it's really a, a point worth making. Don't necessarily have passion for the work. Have passion for the people you're helping. That's really what this is, the people helping business. In addition to that, have passion for the profits that hopefully are coming from your people helping business and what you can do with that to spoil your family and yourself like Rochelle does with her daughter and herself. And that's really what this business is all about. You know, there's another interesting thing, and this is something else that I find maddening about uh, a lot of the things that are being taught out there, is when people basically talk about the fact that in real estate, somehow, magically, you're supposed to be able to walk into every single room and walk into every single conversation, have some sort of scripted approach. It doesn't work like that. And so a lot of you will come into maybe uh, a coaching session, and you'll be told and beaten upside one down, you know, upside, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> abused, one side essentially. Down the other. Yeah. Thank you. Because you're not using this exact never to change script when you're having any conversations with sellers or buyers or anyone for that matter. Guys, that is another surefire recipe for failure. If you are trying to memorize and say a script exactly like you've been told to say it, you are almost surely going to fail. The reality of it is scripts are to be internalized and then personalized. Memorization really isn't necessary. What a script is, any of our real estate scripts or any scripts at all, what a script is, is essentially is a, it's, a, it's an outline for a conversation pattern that you're then to take and personalize using your own style, your own vernacular, your own local. I mean, in Texas, you're going to say y'all, or depending on where in Texas. And you know, so depending on where you are in the country, you might have to make the script shorter or make the script longer. So scripts are not to be memorized. That is an absolute waste of time, but they are to be internalized and then personalized. So all of you write that down and remember that. Even our scripts. But again, you have to follow the overall pattern of the conversation, otherwise you're going to dumb down the effectiveness of it. And our scripts are all written so that one comment leads to another, leads to another, which results in you getting the listing contract signed. That's our main focus. So, Julie, that's something that we experience all the time with realtors who are frustrated because they've been told so often that you must memorize all these scripts, whereas the reality of it is, is no one ever can. And if they do, they're not effective with them because they don't feel like they're coming from them. They're not their words, right? Well, I think actually memorizing it in terms of word for word in a very specific particular order actually puts handcuffs on the agent because every situation they walk into is not the same. And if you're so focused on saying the exact words in the exact order in the exact, you know, lineup of questions, 
are you really listening to your prospect or are you so right. focused on saying exactly the right thing in exactly the right way when in fact, you know, if you do that, you're concentrating so hard on that, there's no way you can be listening and tuning in to that situation. So if every real estate situation is different, why would you use the same script every time? It just doesn't well, make sense to me. Go ahead. Another thing you should be on the lookout for is whether you're doing more talking than question asking. Mm -hmm. So these are just little tips, and then we're going to get to our topic. And the other thing for you to consider also is how often you're using personal pronouns like I. How often are you talking about yourself, I, me, those types of things? Subconsciously, if you're, if you're speaking with someone and they're evaluating you as to whether or not they want to do business with you, if you're talking about yourself too often, they're automatically going to dislike you. Just a fact. You're like that too. I mean, if you walk into some party and somebody basically won't stop talking about themselves, you pretty much are turned off to that person. There's just no question about it. Even if you don't consciously say, you know, I don't like this person or I choose not to be with this person or around this person, you're subconsciously saying, okay, I need to get away from this person. They're kind of draining me. When you are in a sales environment, it's about asking questions that are designed to help your prospect, your client, move forward and accomplish their particular goal. And in doing so, obviously, you'll accomplish your particular goal as well. Those two things really are symbiotic. So, again, please be patient with yourself and understand that some of you are coming to our coaching business or some of you are coming to this radio show with no previous training and experience in real estate. That's fine. Some of you, I would say majority of you, have previous training in real estate, but it's convoluted. In other words, you've, you're, you're practicing a little bit from here, a little bit from there. You had the idea of making a real estate business, you know, but what you've done is you've gone to your recipe book. Imagine you were making a cake, and opposed to staying on one page and you know, to end up with a beautiful chocolate cake, let's say, you flipped around and you've got a little bit of, uh, you know, a little bit of recipe from this one, a recipe from that one, and it's no wonder that you don't have a predictable, duplicatable business. So, Julie, what's, what's the term we call for agents like that? The uh, Samplers. Samplers, that's right. Mm -hmm. okay, they go so, from thing to thing to thing without really implementing anything at a high level. So you mentioned, Julie, that um, your new coaching clients or actually your old coaching clients, and they're coming back to real estate. That is yeah. a huge trend that we're seeing. I, I would say, Definitely. Julie, uh, yeah, I mean, that's pretty – I honestly, I'm a little surprised, to be honest. Happens, the number it's of been e happening for us pretty consistently. Every day we, we see, you know – People that kind of maybe did something else, tried something else, you know. And honestly, some of these guys are some of our smartest previous clients because they had multiple spokes, not just in real estate, but in life, which is pretty awesome. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I mean, what she means is basically when the real estate market got tough, they went and did something else, and now that they see that it's a great opportunity or it's evolving into be a great opportunity because we're no, there's no question we're on the start of a seven-year upswing in the industry. You know, you are in the right place at the right time. Now it's up to you to take the right steps. That is the truth. Um, but they're coming back in the industry. And, and I'm honestly, I'm surprised by the number of emails. So when you guys enroll in one of our classes, our system tells us if you've been a student previously, and the number of returning students is really kind of amazing. So I think that bodes well um, for the uh, housing market overall because there's some real quality folks that are reentering the business, as well as I think a lot of new agents from other industries people that have sort of retired from other things or, you know, they've maybe been not able to secure uh, work, but they've got professional backgrounds. A lot of interesting, very well-educated, focused people entering into the business. So the topic of today's call, and we're going to get to it after the short break, the topic of this call is something that's very interesting. Is why is 1% of all the agents are now making 80% of all the commissions, and what does this really mean to you? So I want you to think about that. We're going to take a real short break, and then when we come back, we're going to dig right in, and this uh, break is going to give you all the information, this little short commercial on how you can call in or email in during today's show. You're listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. Are you ready to ask Tim and Julie your toughest real estate sales, business, or lead generation question? Call us now at 347-857-1195 or email your question to questions at realestatecoachingradio.com. Now, back to Tim and Julie Harris. 
All right, so we're back. So today's topic, and again, you guys can call in or email us. That's fine. Today's call is, of course, live, but it seems like for every one person that's listening live, there's 10 that are listening to in replay on iTunes, which is cool. It doesn't matter. So if you want to email your questions in after the call, you can, of course, email to uh, questions at realestatecoachingradio.com. So the topic of today's call is why essentially are so many of the commissions being made by so few agents? And is this? And the first question that I wrote down, the first thought, is this new or has this been going on forever? And I'll answer that really briefly. It's been going on forever. It's always been that way. There's not, there's not any sort of new massive income redistribution, even though I know that's a political hot button, that's going on in the industry. It's always been that way. There's always really been a handful of agents to make a majority of the commission, uh, commission checks. And the reasons that why that's true and why I'm sure that will continue to be true are what we're going to talk about on this call. So please don't be fooled into believing that this is some sort of, you know, some sort of social or economic shift that has anything to do with the politics of the economy or anything like that. It's just the nature of this business that a few people will always be the ones making the most money. Now, the exciting thing is, and a lot of our longtime coaching students know this is 100% true, you can, well, I would, I'm not going to use the word easy, but you can, when following the correct system, fairly quickly become one of those agents that are in the 1% because, frankly, they leave breadcrumbs. They leave breadcrumbs, meaning you just follow the path that they took. You do what they did. For the most part, you have to evolve what they did because the times have changed in a lot of cases. And you, too, can start essentially joining the 1% of all agents. So is this a trend or is this a long-term market shift? And I, I would... My contention is, and I know a lot of you are you know, getting frustrated in your marketplaces that you're seeing the same agents take all the listings. The same agents you know, are the top agents in your marketplace that have been for the last five or ten years. Well, here's the interesting thing that's happening. Because of the nature of who's getting in the business now, because people are taking a more business approach, because people are opening up their big recipe book and they're looking for a recipe that they can follow from the beginning to the end opposed to doing how agents have done it in the past where they're just samplers and where they don't really follow one proven system, because the mindset of the new agents, I would venture a guess that within the next 24 to 36 months in virtually every market, you're going to see a massive shift happening the agents who have been the top agents in their marketplaces for a long period of time are going to have to fight harder than ever to maintain that status because the competition is – and I've been telling all my personal coaching clients this for the last 12 months. The competition entering the market is going to be so fierce, so aggressive, so well-organized. The top agents out there, these are the guys, you know, those of you who are making a million dollars plus per year, we have a lot of you with personal coaching clients, so you are ready for this. But if you are not, if you are not prepared for the changes that are happening right now, especially as these new, educated, very well-positioned agents enter in the marketplace, you will have your butt kicked. Do not assume that your centers of influence and past clients are going to get you through this shift because they won't. Do not assume that what you've done in the past will necessarily work now because it probably won't. You're going to have to evolve. That's the nature of continuing to be successful. And here's a little interesting statistic for you. And this is something I found from the conversation that's going on right now politically about people earning a million dollars per year. So it doesn't just pertain to our industry, but these, this is the million-dollar earners. So it was over a 10-year period, the number of people that went from earning nothing, let's just call them you know, basically people that were earning very low incomes, to earning a million dollars is almost exactly the same for the number of people who earned a million dollars in that same 10-year period who went essentially down to earning almost nothing. Now, I'm exaggerating the statistics to make a point, but the fact is, is earning a million dollars per year, and let's all agree that that's a great accomplishment, is a revolving door. There's not just, you know, you don't just earn a million dollars. Oh, and there's the other thing that's interesting, that the number of years in a row that people earned a million dollars was usually one. So most people who've earned a million dollars did it for one year and then didn't do it again. Hmm. Why am I telling you all this? Success, uh, constant, continual success requires constant and continual effort. And what happens oftentimes, and this is another reason why the top producers across America better be paying attention, is that you get complacent. You assume the way you're doing things is good enough. You assume because it worked during the recession, it'll work now. You assume, you assume, you assume you have become complacent. And as a result of that, you will start seeing slowly but surely your income drop 
as your market share is starting to be gobbled slowly but surely by a lot of these new agents. So, Julie, you have you and I have talked about this every single day because we see this shift coming. We've done our best to really alert all of our personal coaching clients. But what else do you have to contribute to that? I mean, again, because this is such an interesting topic that, by the way, nobody seems to be talking about. Right. Well, I think you're right that it has always been that way, but it has not always been the same exact people doing it. To your point, it's not just making a million, you know, that it, once you've made it, then you're guaranteed to keep on making that for the rest of your life, whether it's a million dollars or 250000 in real estate or 500000 whatever your benchmark is, which, of course, draws us back to actually having goals and knowing what your income goal is in real estate. That's why we have the treasure map. But, you know, it's not the same people doing it all at the same time, but it is that, that same top 1% does most of the business. So the question would be, what is the fast track for getting into that top 1%? Well, instead of trying to reinvent the wheel, do the things that those people do consistently. Because if you listen to, for example, our superstar interviews, they might have different combinations of lead generation, the spokes in the wheel concept that we teach, but they have a lot of the same habits. So, you know, you and I put together eight or ten specific points of what the top 1% of agents, they all do these things. In fact, I would That's contend right. that it would be impossible to be in that 1% if you didn't do all of these consistent things. That's right. So think about that for a second. I love what Jules just said. In essence, you have a very – even though their recipe, using that cake analogy still, might be slightly different. So you might be trying to make one kind of cake while they're making another. The fact is that every kind of cake requires the same basic ingredients, the eggs, the heat, the pan, the this and the that, the flour, the sugar, the – Right, So every single cake that you make is going to require the same basic core ingredients, but depending on what you want your outcome to be, you might, you know, you, it might be a pineapple, what, whatnot, or a chocolate, this, or a, you guys get the idea. So conceptually, the essence, the elements, the basic core building blocks of any successful business owner, or in our case, real estate practitioner, they really are identical. You know, Julie, before we get to those, um, I want to actually take another real quick commercial break. And this is a new commercial, so I'm kind of anxious to hear it. I'm going to go ahead and play it now, and we'll be back in a second. Is coaching right for you? And how can I guarantee it will work for me? Chances are you are asking yourself those questions right now. I'll answer those critical questions for you in just a moment. But first, let's be honest about something you may have always suspected. You've probably always known that the nation's top 1% of realtors, you know, those millionaire agents you see on TV, they possess a secret knowledge that the other 99% of agents do not have. Where did they learn what they know? And more importantly, how did they learn how to put this closely guarded information into money-making action? It's simple. They have a coach. Not just any coach. The nation's mega millions, top 1% of the realtors know that in order to maintain their almost unfair advantage, that they must have their own personal coach, a proven, market-tested coach who has truly walked in their shoes, a coach who has worked with many of the nation's leading agents. At this point, you're probably ready to maybe try coaching. However, you don't want to be unfairly locked into a long-term ball and chain that coaching contracts can give you. It just makes sense that you should be able to try it before you buy it. Even more importantly, you want to have a coach who is the best of the best, not someone who is simply assigned to you or, even worse, has never sold real estate. Can you imagine? If this is you, I have something for you right now that is exactly what you have been looking for. For the next 48 hours, Tim and Julie Harris Real Estate Coaching is offering you a free coaching call. This is a real coaching call with a real Tim and Julie Harris coach. Now, while you are thinking about it, why don't you visit us online at freecoachingcallsforagents.com to get started. Once again, that is freecoachingcallsforagents.com. Now, let's be clear. This exclusive coaching opportunity is only available for the first 50 realtors who are stone-cold serious about their real estate business and know that in order to succeed at the highest level, they must 
hire a coach. So don't wait any longer. Take action now and visit us again at freecoachingcallsforagents.com to schedule your free coaching call. Again, that's freecoachingcallsforagents.com. Thanks so much. See you all soon. All right, so we are back. So it's a little bit long, but I think it says the point. So, Julie, let's just jump right into our points. And, again, what is the 1%? Where does the 1% of all realtors know that the 99% don't? And why do 20% of all agents earn 80% of all the commissions? So, Julie, what's the first thing that you and I wrote down? Well, and that's a good point because it's not just one thing. There's a collection of specific things. So the first thing, and possibly the most important, is that they are listing agents first and buyer agents second. So it's almost like a double point here. You know, part of this is that they haven't just thrown buyers to the side and said, oh, I don't work buyers anymore. Okay, they don't have that attitude that some of the agents not in the 1% take. They do work with buyers, but they work with their own best past clients, certain clients that they like in certain price ranges. You know, they are particular about who they work with buyer-wise. But primarily, and first and foremost, they are not just agents that take a listing at a time and then sell it and then go get the next listing. They have multiple listings. They have their own listing inventory. They have a listing goal. They might say to you, my goal is to have 25 listings at all times, even at 10 listings at all times. Okay? So they're a listing agent. They don't you know, fight that. They embrace that at a really high level, and they're a great listing agent. They talk to those listings all the time. They have made it into an art form. When we start out um, our coaching calls, when Julie and I are working with our clients, many of which we've had for, you know, five, ten years, realtors, you know, and these are guys that we've, in many cases, been absolutely thrilled and honored uh, to have helped along their path to success. But it's interesting, the way I start, the way Julie starts, the way all of our coaches start every coaching call is what is the best thing that happened in your business since our last call to make you money? What is the best thing, I'm asking all of you listening now and in replay, live and in replay, hey, what is the best thing that happened in your businesses since the last time we spoke to make you money? From yesterday, from today, from last week, what's the best thing that happened in your business that's going to make you money? In other words, what have you done, what actions have you taken it's an interesting question to ask because it cuts through all the Mickey Mouse. If you say an office meeting, or if you tell me you showed buyers homes, or if you say you did all these other types of things that agents do trying to fool themselves that they're working, well, you know what? I'm going to say, okay, great. So explain to me how that is going to make you money in the next 30, 60, 90 days. Explain to me how there isn't something you could have been doing that would have been essentially more focused, more goal-oriented to move you towards your listings goal, to move you towards actually making money. And you know what? That cuts right through it. Maybe a new coaching client, you'll have to have that dialogue with them twice, maybe three times. Then after that, they know that when they come to the coaching call, they sure as heck better be telling you, us, you, Julie, me, Tim, any of our coaches, they sure as heck better be reporting specific things that they did that are going to help them take listings because that's what matters, right? That's right. If you have and, a constant and they're tuned list- into that. Yeah, that's they're right. absolutely conscious of that. It's not that – you know, I, at this top 1%, which many of them were coaching, by the way, and we, you know, these are real conversations. This is not fictitious, you know, we think that the top 1% thinks this way. No, we know because we're coaching them on this level. You know, when you ask them that question, what have you done to create more listings, you don't get silence. They give you right. five or six bullet points with names and exactly what's going to happen and when those listing appointments are set. They might say things like, I reduced three of my listing prices today. That should cause a sale by this weekend. They might say specific prospecting, marketing, things that they are implementing and tracking. We call that the vital statistics report. I asked for that from all my coaching clients on their call. What are vital statistics? They're exactly what it sounds like. You know, you go to the hospital and you're looking at these computer monitors and it shows your heart rate and it shows these different levels of things. What is the health of the patient? Well, in real estate, you have vital statistics as well. How many people are you talking to? How many appointments have you set up? How many listing appointments, price reductions, sales, etc.? This is how that top 1% thinks. They don't look like deer in the headlights when you ask where their next appointment is. They can tell you exactly not only when it is, but the source it came from and what they're doing and to the get homework, more from that source. 
mm-hmm. and the homework from that coaching call. Oh, and by the way, every single coaching call you'll ever have with Julia or myself or any of your or any of our coaches, the homework is always going to be the action items that are going to put you in a position to help the most people the fastest forward slash make money the fastest. So we're almost always going to assign you based on your specific goals, based on specific things that you've decided that you want to do with your life and your business this year, how many listings are you going to take between now and our next call? The answer can't be zero. The answer has to be at least one. I have some coaching clients, this is Julie, who they are focused on taking a listing a day. Do they always do it every single week? No. But if they're focused on taking five or six listings and they come to the call only having taken three, that still doesn't suck, does it? The point <laughs> right. of it is it's the mindset of it. All of your best energies have to be focused on the best things for you to do in the business, and that's always going to be taking listings. So point number two, Miss Julie, point number two is they talk to both people that they know and people that they don't know. What the heck does that mean? Well, so in real estate, there's two buckets, right, of lead generation. You've got people you know, which by and large, most agents are better at. It's an easier transaction. Typically, there's less potential conflict, less potential competition. People you know and who know you. Then you've got people you don't know. So the people you know category would be past clients, centers of influence, friends, relatives, neighbors, direct referrals, that sort of thing, which we all love. That's fantastic. And most agents make a fair portion, if not for some of them, all of their money that way. You but can realistically, Julie, level, let, let's, just, let, just, let's just slow the roll here. The fact is, yep. is that you can uh, sell. Most agents can sell five to maybe 25 houses per year just off their centers of influence and past clients, depending on how big it is and all the rest of it. If and they're we not do a secret coaching... agent and they talk to people, yes, it is possible. And we do have coaching clients that come to us and they'll say, listen, I tried the FISBO and the expired thing. I won't do it. Don't ask me to do it. And the next question is, okay, what will you do? And then we build your business plan around what you will do because if you are motivated and excited about doing a specific thing, I mean, Julie talks about this coaching client that we have here in Austin named David, you know, and he helped us buy our house in Austin. He was That's how we met him. And then we were driving around in his car, and I said to him, you know, obviously, are you a listing agent? No, I'm a buyer's agent. And he gave him this big, long story on how he takes pride in being a buyer's agent, which was great. And then I said, well, how much different would your life be if you had five listings, had five listings at all times? And he just thought about it for a while, for like three months. <laughs> and then guess what? He finally decided that he wanted to be um, a uh, obviously a coaching client of Julie's, but also specifically that he wanted to learn how to be a listing agent. And Julie, what was the first thing that you asked him to do? Well, I asked where his existing business comes from because that tells me what he's comfortable with. And most of his business came from his golf buddies. But we determined that he wasn't really talking about listing that much or really enough about real estate in general. So we had to stop him from being a secret agent. And the question there is, if I were to ask all of your friends and family, relatives and neighbors what you do for a living, would all of them tell me accurately that you are a trusted real estate advisor who helps people buy and sell real estate? Or would they say, hmm, I think he they golf. do something with real estate, but I, I don't know. He plays golf a lot, right? So <laughs> since most of his business already came from a handful of sources, golf being one of them, his first assignment was to play more golf, but not just for the sake of golf, but also to stop being a secret agent and to, to be David but be him talking about real estate. And within a week or two, he was at a golf tournament. One of his buddies mentioned, yeah, I'm, I'm building new construction. Okay, And David, where, and he said this, that he normally wouldn't have said, oh, that's interesting, what's happening to your existing home? Normally he would have just seen it, oh, there, there's a buyer transaction I lost because they're building new construction. And that would have been the end of it. Instead he opened his mouth and he talked about, gosh, what's happening with the, the, your old house? Ends up taking the listing. So there you go. Something he's comfortable doing, golfing with his buddies, stop being a secret agent. We gave him lots of scripts that go along with that to be comfortable, getting him to be a better closer, asking for more business in a scenario that he is comfortable. I mean, he's prospecting. We might not call it that because that makes people want to pee their pants sometimes. But it, really, he is prospecting. He's prospecting we'll call it doing generation something to, to make everybody feel better. 
That's right. Well, okay, he's he's lead generating. That's right, because we don't even want to call it prospecting. Mm-hmm. No, we wouldn't. Well, say you know, that. there's a, you, there's lots of funny stories that we can tell you where people basically will assume that we're going to throw them in the deep end and make them call FISBOs and expires. Look, if you don't want to do it, uh, and it's just and you can create the business that you need to create to accomplish your goals without having to do that type of work, then fine. But you know, here's the flip side to it. I would say for every one David out there who would prefer just to work their centers of influence and past clients, there's probably two people that never want to do business with their neighbors, their friends, their family. Right. They only that want to do business too. with strangers. Yeah, I mean, one of our superstars is the number one agent in San Diego, uh, Greg Newman. And uh, during the interview, I asked him, uh, we were having this very conversation, and I asked him, he said he never has worked his centers of influence and past clients. He just doesn't. Yeah. He just and he's got a list of like 2,000 or something crazy. Right. He just doesn't want to work them. He just would prefer to basically go after new business, and you better believe he's calling the FISBOs and the expireds. And there's others of you out there who are uh, want to basically create and can create, depending on what your personal goals are. You can hear that a lot out of, out of us because that's what it's all about. This is, you know, We offer personalized coaching that's designed around your specific plan, not something that we create for you. So some of you are going to be able to actually create the business that you want to create from doing things that are more or less passive, depending on what your goals are. You could hypothetically build a business off social networking, depending on what your specific goals are. All right, so the next point, Julie. All right, so the next point is number three. They actually follow a schedule. Now, I know you got into real estate so that nobody could tell you what to do, but they actually follow a schedule. Now, does this mean that from 9 a.m. to 9.10, they brush their teeth and 10 to 10.13, they eat breakfast? No. But there is a dollar productive schedule that top producing 1% agents do honor, and it has to do with making money. There's only a handful of things in real estate that actually lead to a real paycheck, starting with lead generation. The rest of the list doesn't really matter if you're not generating leads in the first place. You can have the most beautiful, fantastic, polished listing presentation, but if you don't have any actual listing presentations to use it on, who cares? They start with lead generation slash prospecting, lead follow-up. These things are in their schedule. They do them daily. You never have a conversation with this top 1% where they can't come up with leads, right? where they can't tell you what's happening in their lead follow-up, but they have a schedule where they actually do these things. Does that make sense? Well, I had a coaching call just this morning, and the coaching student is working sporadically at lead generation. Okay, So he'll work mm-hmm. one week, and he gets great results. And then he essentially goes on hiatus from lead generation for another couple weeks, which, by the yeah. way, that's true for most of you, and that will never work because you're just going to constantly be going from feast to famine. You're never actually going to move your personal ball down the field. So here's basically what his hoping. He would hope that I would buy off on this. He wanted to get all of his systems together. He wanted to get all of his programs and his, his you know, mm-hmm. marketing, and he wanted to get his branding done, and he wanted me to help him on his website. He wanted to do all these other things. Right. And I said to him, okay, so let's say that those things do work, and you do go on a listing appointment. Because you don't know how to present, because you don't know how to overcome objections, because you don't know how to help the seller make the right decision in listing the house with you, you could be doing all this other stuff, and it won't, me- won't be for naught. It's that you have to get the basic skills. You have to learn the basic stuff. The essentials of your success are critical in this business. Otherwise, you know, I told him this story. I remember Julie and I were at a Howard Britton event. This was back in probably 98 or 99. We were speaking at this Howard Britton event along with a lot of other Howard Britton stars. If you guys don't know who Howard Britton was, um, he's passed away recently, and he's probably in our minds one of the most influential people in the real estate industry, certainly in our lifetimes. So Howard had this uh, fellow that he was uh, had done a lot of uh, marketing, He'd spent, I don't know, $75,000. He'd taken out a loan. He'd done all this other stuff. The guy was formerly a dentist, if I remember. And so he had these gorgeous TV uh, ads, gorgeous radio ads, beautiful brochure. I mean, you look at the stuff, you thought this guy was running for president. It was so gorgeous. And Howard put all this stuff up on display, ran his TV show on the Jumbotron in front of 2,000 people or whatever it was. I'm telling you, this commercial was so good that after the commercial played, people in the audience got up and applauded. I mean, Seriously, it was I amazing. remember. It was amazing. Yeah, yeah I bet you do. Because it, it, so afterwards, there was a cocktail party, uh, invite only. He was there. Uh, a handful of us were there, and so I, you know, started talking with this guy, 
And what I wanted to do is get a sense of really how this stuff was actually working. Because a lot of times in real estate, let's just be honest, agents will do things because of their egos, because they want to appear successful before they've actually earned it. That's kind of normal in our industry. And I didn't know what was going on. And maybe maybe this guy had found something. Maybe these radio and TV ads were phenomenal. So I kind of pull him aside. He and I are having this conversation. It, it doesn't take too long before I realize, and he more or less tells me, that he's not getting any business from it. Always oh, have listing appointments, but he hasn't gotten any of the listing appointments. So he and I, this is back when Julie and I were basically get started in our coaching business. He and I started having a little conversation going back and forth where I'm sort of taking his temperature as far as what his skill set is. He didn't have any. He didn't have any skills. He didn't know, know how to overcome objections. He didn't know how to answer the question, why would I list the house? You know, why should I list the house with you versus somebody else? He didn't know any of the basics, the essentials that are required for all of us to learn before we actually can have any of the lead generation stuff matter. So he thought that somehow magically by turning on what he thought would be the lead generation spigot, that it would, it would basically cover up the fact that he really wasn't very skilled. Well, I'm sorry to say he didn't last in the real estate business, and I'm sure when he decided to go into whatever else he did next, God bless him, I'm sure that he just you know walked away, unfortunately, with a huge amount of debt from all that fancy marketing and advertising that he did. It is critical that all of you realize that you have to learn the basics before you worry about all this other stuff, all the stuff that's being sold to you constantly. So before we get to the next point, I'm going to give you um, some information on how you guys can call in and speak directly to us or send us an um, email with any of your questions. You're listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. Are you ready to ask Tim and Julie your toughest real estate sales, business, or lead generation question? Call us now at 347-857-1195 or email your question to questions at realestatecoachingradio.com. Now, back to Tim and Julie Harris. All right, Julie, so we are back, and let's get to our next point. So, Julie, the last point was following a schedule, and the next point is they have a real listing presentation and they have a real pre-listing pack. So we're at this point assuming that you know how to actually present during a listing presentation. So the next part of this is, and something that every top producer will have, is they do have pre-marketing material. So just for the sake of fitting our other points in on today's radio show, a pre-listing pack and really a listing presentation are not really selling, if we're being honest. They're answering the questions that the sellers might have or might have in the future and so that when you actually go to the seller's house to see the house, that it's not a function of you having to overcome objections, but it's a function of you just getting the contract signed. So I want you to get that concept. Some of you, that's going to seem like an old concept, but the question is how many of you actually have a PLP that you use, a pre-listing pack that you use consistently on every presentation for every seller, regardless of a price range? How many of you actually follow a listing presentation that's consistent? How many actually follow a system, a professional system? When you go to the doctor, when you walk in the doctor, and the dentist, because I know Julie's got to go to the dentist tomorrow at 4 p.m. because she chipped a tooth. Right. You're going to be asked to fill out an insurance form. You're going to be asked. Yeah, to you don't just sit in the chair. You got to fill out their paperwork first, right? Right, and then you're going to go through a very predictable set of procedures that are going to happen. That's how professionals act. Versus a lot of us, what happens is, well, we have a listing appointment. Because it happens so infrequently, we have no idea what to do. So you just show up fully caffeinated with, uh, you know, with a bunch of Mickey Mouse, and you wing it, and you hope for the best, and you hope that your winning personality will somehow convince the sellers. Or if you're on the other side of it and you're analytical, you're going to show up with the most, world's most complicated CMA, hoping that they appreciate <laughs> right. the 47 hours that you spent you know, doing a detailed analysis on their property's value. Neither approach is going to win enough that it doesn't merit improvement. So let's go on to the next point, and this is point number five, Julie. Point number five, the top 1% is constantly learning and not stagnant. What do I mean by that? I never hear phrases from them like, oh, yeah, I know everything there is to know about a short sale. I took a class, you know, three years ago. Okay, you don't hear stuff like that from them. Instead, you hear things like they may say, you know, I want to know more about um, property management, so I'm going to take a couple of seminars or webinars on that. I'm going to figure out whether that's a good spoke for me to add to my business. They don't stop learning. They don't stop improving things like their pre-listing packet. 
their listing presentation, their objection handling. They're always moving forward and they're always polishing. They're always present with their business and tuned in to what needs to improve instead of just declaring an all-knowledgeable scenario. So the question is, is, are you stagnant? Are you complacent? Why don't you answer these three complacency test questions? So answer these for yourself. And a lot of these are going to be very telling. If the answer is yes to any of these questions, just one, you are complacent and you need to realize the fact that you are not designed by our maker to be complacent. You are designed to evolve and get better. Your mind is designed to always be learning. Everything around you is changing. Nothing, even the, a piece of furniture is in some state of evolution. Your very essence has to be focused on constantly moving forward. If your goal is to be complacent, you will not move forward. You will actually slide backwards. So the first question, and these are kind of fun questions, is, when was the last time you completely, 100% replaced your entire business wardrobe? Think about that. When was the last time you actually ditched all of those 20-year-old you know, suits and bought new suits? When was the last time you got all new business attire? When you wear new professional clothes, just this very simple concept, you feel better about yourself. You feel more confident about yourself. So the 80-20 rule tells you that essentially 20% of your wardrobe needs to be thrown out. It's probably the stuff you're wearing right now. So I want you to think about that for a second. Just how long ago was it that you completely updated your wardrobe? If the answer is never, or the answer is I haven't, you should be doing that every year, by the way. And if you haven't done it this year, or if you're not planning on doing it this year, you probably are complacent. The next question is, is when was the last time you did something that really, truly challenged you, made you uncomfortable, something that if you had to, frankly, you know, do it again, you'd be very reluctant to do? How complacent are you about the challenges, the personal challenges you're taking in your life? Maybe traveling someplace, maybe eating a food that you wouldn't have otherwise wanted to eat, it's skydiving. Are you allowing your body and your ability, your threshold for new experiences to become complacent? Yes or no? And if the answer is yes, then you basically are complacent. And the third question is, is when was the last time you actually took seriously the idea of setting goals, setting goals that made you uncomfortable, setting goals that were so big that you are almost embarrassed to tell anyone, even your best friend or your wife or your husband? When did that actually happen? Never? Well, you're probably complacent. This year, right now, this opportunity this industry is presenting to all of us is all about thinking big and acting bigger. So keep that in mind. Now, point number six is probably my favorite point. We talked a lot about this on the radio show yesterday. Julie? All right, so point number six, I think that I am off of mute. All right, so point number six is that the top 1% monitors their mindset and are not subject to their emotions controlling their income. And we talked a little bit about this on previous radio shows, how some agents' income is totally solely dependent on whether they feel like doing things today. So, you know, look at that point. The top producers actually self-monitor their own mindset at a high level all the time. That's it. I mean, think about that. They monitor their mindset and are not subject to their emotions. You want more about that, listen to the radio show that we did yesterday, because that's really critical. If you're just basically, if your results are dependent on how you feel that particular day, that particular moment, I have news for you. You're not going to be able to be very successful. You have to work at the highest level, getting results even when you don't feel like it. Feelings will betray you. Feelings will make it so that you stay stagnant, and you're going back to our previous point about complacency. So are you doing what you're supposed to be doing every single day, even though you don't feel like it? Because the key to success, as we hopefully are beating into all of your heads, is doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. I know some of you are listening right now, and some of you are saying, oh, my God, that's such a big aha. Thank you for saying that to me. It's having such an impact on my life. For those of you who get it, you need to let us know about how it's impacting and how these radio shows are helping you. Questions at realestatecoachingradio.com, or, of course, you can call in uh, to our number, which I'll get to you in a second as Julie reads the next point. All right, so point number seven, they don't fear objections from prospects and clients because they have actually studied and perfected, not just internalized, but personalized their scripts. They don't live in fear of objections. Tim, I find that agents who avoid objections, they set fewer listing appointments, 
They even set fewer buyer's appointments because they're afraid of the unknown. The top 1% don't act like that. They just learn the answers. What's the definition of, to, of an objection? It's an unanswered question in the mind of the prospect. Learn the answers so that you can answer them and make them feel comfortable and then move forward and close. That's right. So that's it. I mean, learning the here's a little secret. They always say the same things to sellers. They always are going to ask <laughs> the beginning you the of same time. thing. <laughs> exactly. And, and you know what the greatest thing is? They're almost always going to ask you the same questions in the same order. Mm-hmm. What will be challenging sure. for most of you as you learn the objection handlers is to not get ahead of the sellers asking the questions. <laughs> right? Right. So when the seller is going through so the well, you're going to be so excited because you're going to know that you can overcome any objection that comes out of that seller's mind. You're going to be so confident you might come off as a little cocky, which is a nice problem to have, and we'll, of course, cross that bridge with you when, we, when you actually come to it. So the next point, and this is only, we're only going to be able to get to one more point, and it's maybe a little self-serving, but it's absolutely true. They only have one coach. I personally have coached people that are also being coached by somebody else to teach them to do something else. And there's always going to be conflict because in the minds of the person, the coaching client, the realtor, they're trying to decide who should I listen to, who's giving me the best advice. My advice, our advice, Julie's advice, is probably going to result in you being uncomfortable a lot when you first start with us. Be okay with that. Remember we talked about complacency? We are going to most likely force you to do things with your permission, of course, that you wouldn't have otherwise done. But here's a little secret. Once you've done those things consistently every single day for maybe six weeks, then it becomes easy, and then you forget the fact that you ever had those other things as obstacles in your mind. They are no longer hard for you. They're easy, maybe to the point of being enjoyable. Well, a lot of other coaches, they're not trying to challenge you. They're trying to be your friend. It's a buyer friend type deal. So you're going to go, you know, if you've had a coach before, it doesn't even matter if it's a business coach like what we are, or if maybe it's a coach for physical fitness. As soon as you cross that friendship barrier, you have lost that relationship with that coach. You just have. I mean, there's a very great line from uh, Star Trek. It says, in Captain Janeway, oh, my God, I'm embarrassed to say that out loud, but there it is. (laughs) Because I'm your captain, I can't always be your friend. Because I'm your captain, I can't always be your friend. Your coaching calls with any of our coaches, or Julie or myself, will never, well, maybe a tiny bit will be about personal stuff, but they're always going to be focusing on that first question that we ask you at the top of every coaching call. Julie, what is the best thing that happened in your business since our last call to make you money? Not, not, what kind of day are you having? How are you feeling? Did you watch the Super Bowl on Sunday? (laughs) You know, are you watching uh, Dancing with the Stars? Who's your favorite? No, we're going to be focusing on the things, the actions you have to be taking to make you money the quickest. Everything else comes from that. So, Julie, I know that radiates, that resonates with you, doesn't it? Absolutely. It's not that we don't want to be friendly, right? We, <laughs> of course, okay. We're we're not trying to, you know, get rid of you. We're trying to help you move forward. But it is a business call. It is business coaching. When you know our clients go through many different things, right? It's life, and sometimes they cross over into that more personal range. And depending on what it is, we might say, you know, you need to to seek some counseling on that particular uh, item. I am your business coach, and I find that by moving people forward financially, mentally, emotionally, business-wise, that actually cures a lot of their other issues anyway. So it's almost like we're just cutting to the chase, right? So. Whatever you're going through uh, emotionally, the question I always ask is, how would you feel differently if you took a new listing today and knew you had a closing tomorrow? That's right. What would that do to your mindset? That's business coaching. It it hasn't always been a bed of roses for Julie and I in the past, you know, 20-plus years that we've worked together and we've been married. There's been a lot of struggles, and we've faced a lot of the same challenges that you guys have faced. But, you know, the thing is, is one thing that we always – One thing we always knew is if we stay focused on taking listings and making money, pretty much all those other problems will eventually sort themselves out or money can make the problem go away. So tomorrow's topic is very exciting. Do us a favor. Your homework from today's radio show is you have to tell five other agents about the radio show. Help us get the word out. We had over 1,300 unique listeners last week. I'd love to get that number up to like 26, 20, you know, even more. So by the end of this month, we can have 5,000 regular listeners. So guys, help us accomplish that goal, and we'll speak with you tomorrow.
Everyone knows that real estate coaching can be expensive. Most coaching companies charge $1,000 a month and demand that you sign a long-term, ball-and-chain 12-month contract. But what if there was a proven system that gave you the essentials to almost guarantee your real estate success? The marketing and lead generation systems, centers of influence and past client systems, business systems, scripts, and presentations, everything you need to dominate your real estate market. Real Estate Coaching Essentials is that system, and it's affordable for every agent who's ready to take their business to the next level. For a limited time, Tim and Julie Harris are offering this award-winning program for only $197 a month. You can enroll right now and receive the first seven days for free. That's right. Enroll to... This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.